0: In the late 1960s, David Elder sat alone in the historic Hannah House, working on a project. It was late in the evening, and a storm had rolled into the Indianapolis area. David's concentration was interrupted by the sound of glass shattering onto the basement floor beneath him. Alarmed, but not too surprised, David assumed some kids had broken into the aging mansion and knocked down one of the barrels filled with fruit jars— Which were often stored downstairs. As David descended into the basement and surveyed the area, to his surprise, he noticed nothing appeared out of place. There was no broken glass, no barrels tipped over, no kids, nothing. Little did David know, on that stormy Indianapolis night, he and others would experience many more unexplained phenomena throughout the years that this was only a taste of what was to come. America is filled with an abundance of great restaurants, bars, and hotels. But among the laughter, clinking of glasses, and great conversation, there are quiet reminders of a time gone by of people and the lives they've lived. And sometimes, if we pay attention, we can hear them. These are their stories, and this is Ghost and Grub. Alexander Hanna was born in southern Indiana in 1821. He left Indiana sometime around 1850 and took a chance to seek his fortune out west during the California Gold Rush. His risk-taking paid off, and within five years, Hannah had earned enough money to co-own a ranch in California. In 1955, Hannah sold his share of the ranch, as well as other businesses he owned out west, and returned to Indiana. He acquired 240 acres south of downtown Indianapolis, and it was there that Alexander Hanna planted his roots and lived a long, prosperous life. Hanna built his dream home on a portion of those 240 acres. He spent his days working on several vocations, including farming. He was particularly interested in the scientific advances of agriculture, growing several different crops and raising a number of livestock. In 1872, Alexander Hanna would embark on another adventure. He married Elizabeth Jackson. A newspaper article once referred to Elizabeth as a most lovely lady, and it seemed Alexander Hanna couldn't agree more. It said the two had a happy marriage, with Hanna making renovations to the mansion, adding the latest in modern conveniences for his wife. This included a servant's quarters, smokehouse, wash house, milk cooling room, and a summer kitchen. The Hannas spent their years together participating in civic events and hosted parties frequently at their home. However, there was one thing Alexander and Elizabeth wanted more than anything, but could never have, a child. It's said that Elizabeth miscarried their only child, a girl who is reportedly buried in a small unmarked grave between her parents. But the most tragic story involving the Hannas was their involvement with the Underground Railroad. Alexander Hanna was known as a passionate abolitionist, and stories began swirling around town that he used his hundreds of wooded acres and large mansion to conceal slaves as they made their way to freedom. The story goes that one rainy night, as a group of slaves were waiting in the basement for the right moment to leave the Hanna residence, and continued their journey north. One of the slaves accidentally tripped over an oil lantern, filling the basement instantly with smoke and flames. With no way to escape the blaze, all of the slaves perished. Although the fire was extinguished before it could damage the rest of the home, Hannah was faced with a terrible dilemma. He could not report the fires or the deaths, as doing so would expose the route so many slaves had taken as well as those who might already be on their way to the Hannah's house. Therefore, it's said Alexander Hannah did the only thing he could do. He made a grave in one of the far corners of the basement and buried the deceased. Alexander and Elizabeth both lived to an old age, with Elizabeth passing away in the home in 1888 and Alexander dying from heart failure in the home in 1895. Since the Hannas didn't have any children, there was not an heir to their property or fortune. For several years, the house sat vacant yet filled with the Hannas' belongings until a jeweler by the name of Roman Oler purchased the home and 21 of its acres in 1899. A Civil War veteran and Union Army soldier, Roman Oler and his wife Maria made a name for themselves in the Indianapolis area with their successful jewelry business They were great caretakers of the Hannas' estate, and like the Hannas, led a happy life, being active members of the community and hosting parties and events in the home. And although the Olers had several children, they also shared with the Hannas the grief of losing a child. Prior to the invention of railroad gates, large bells would sit in a tower with an operator who would ring the bell to indicate to those around that a train was fast approaching. One Thanksgiving, Roman Oler and his son Roman Jr. were nearing the railroad crossing on their carriage when the bell began ringing. The sound startled Oler's horses, causing them to bolt and throwing 4-year-old Roman from the carriage, killing him instantly. The Oler family would go on to live in the Hannah's house for two more generations. Maria Oler died in the home in 1933 at the age of 81. Her brother Herman also died in the home in 1940. The Oler's daughter Marianne Elder, owned the Hannah House after that, living in the home with her husband and children until 1962. However, the home stayed within the family, with the elder's children becoming the home's caretakers. For 25 years, David Elder grew up and lived in the Hannah House without experiencing anything paranormal. But that rainy evening in the late 60s changed all that forever. And it was around the same time of David's experience that he and his siblings had decided to lease the Hannah House to an antique store in order to offset the costs of keeping up the home and property. But the owners of the store got more than they bargained for when signing the lease and soon found out they weren't the only tenants in the home. Gladys and John O'Brien leased the home for their antique store and lived there on and off for the next 10 years. On multiple occasions, the O'Briens experienced the same sound of glass breaking in the basement as David had. However, sounds weren't the only strange occurrences the O'Briens witnessed. The couple was closing up shop one day when Gladys saw a man in a black suit walking in the upstairs hall. But by the time Gladys made it up the stairs, the man had disappeared. Along with her husband, they searched the entire house for the man, but never found him. On a separate occasion, John O'Brien also saw the man. He appeared somewhat transparent, standing on the staircase wearing the same black suit and had mutton chop sideburns. As John approached the man, he disappeared. The O'Briens' granddaughter also claimed to have had a conversation with a mysterious man while she played on the stairs. Throughout the years, many people have seen the same man and believe him to be the ghost of Alexander Hanna. The O'Briens claim the activity lessened after about four years of being in the home. An old newspaper article suggests the O'Briens felt that the spirits of the Hanna House are the former owners and love the home so much that they're there to protect and care for it. In the same newspaper article, David Elder feels the spirits arrived once the house sat vacant for several years before the O'Briens moved in with their store. We may never know who haunts the Hannah House and why they've decided to remain there. However, to this day, many continue to see the man in the black suit, a woman dressed in period clothing, as well as the spirits of slaves in the basement. The Hanna House quickly earned a reputation for being, as one author put it, one of the creepiest places in America. By the 1980s, the Hanna House was in need of repairs, having lots of tours pass through and a host of events, including murder mystery dinners and annual haunted house, weddings, and more. Today, the owners of the Hanna House and its volunteers take good care of the home and grounds with the funds they receive from their monthly docent-led tours of the home, as well as their annual Paranormal Day celebration. They also offer the home to rent for special events, such as weddings, birthdays, and reunions. However, for an immersive experience of the Hannah House, I recommend getting a group together and booking a private investigation. For a donation of $500, the Hannah House is all yours for eight hours. Indoor restrooms are available and refreshments are offered for a small charge. Additional rules are noted on the Hannah House website. As always, be sure to treat the home and its spirits with the utmost respect. When in Indy, a tour of the Hanna House is on the top of my list. However, if you're visiting the Indianapolis area solo or with a smaller group, and there isn't a tour at the Hanna House available, another place to experience the stranger side of Indy is the City Market Catacombs Tour. Built in 1886, the underground passages and arches made from limestone and brick are all that's left of the now-defunct Tomlinson Hall, which burned to the ground In 1958, and while Indy's catacombs do not necessarily contain human remains, many have reported the underground passageways to be haunted. Both all ages and adults only tours run on select days from spring through October. Tickets for all catacombs events are available through a partnership with Indiana Landmarks. At Ghost and Grub, we're all about finding the spookiest travel destinations. Therefore, if you're hungry for a uniquely haunted place and craving some really great food, the Slippery Noodle is a must. Located about a block and a half from Lucas Oil Stadium, the Slippery Noodle is Indiana's official oldest operating bar in its original building. Constructed in 1850, the building is known for its reputation as a hot spot during Prohibition, as well as its notoriety of being a way station for the Underground Railroad. You can imagine that with so much rich history, the stories surrounding the Slippery Noodle are plenty, from being a bordello at one point to welcoming mobsters like John Dillinger, who reportedly used the back of the building for target practice. It's said that several of the bullet slugs from Dillinger and his gang are still embedded in the lower east wall of the building. Another story involved two men in 1953 who got into an argument over a woman during a time when the building was rumored to be a bordello. One of the men took out a knife, fatally stabbing the other man, and reportedly leaving the bloody knife on the bar before casually exiting the building. While researching the history of the slippery noodle, I was able to find a couple of other interesting facts about the building. Louis Beck owned the building during Prohibition, when it was Beck's saloon, and despite advertising his establishment as a dry bar, newspaper articles from 1918 show he was arrested at least twice for breaking the law by serving liquor to his patrons. I also found that in 1914, when the building was still Beck's saloon, freight handler Tony Bunneler was killed in cold blood by William Cassidy, According to the article, the murder took place without warning. Witnesses claim that Bunneller walked along the hallway connecting the hotel to the bar. That's when Cassidy appeared, took out his gun, and shot Bunneller in the back. The bullet traveled near Bunneller's heart and killed him. Like the Hannah House, the Slippery Noodle ties some of its ghost claims to slavery. The ghost of a slave has been reported hundreds of times and can be heard singing throughout the building. Some have claimed to have heard the word Canada within the spectral lyrics, which some think might be a nod to the establishment's history with the Underground Railroad. It's said that the Slippery Noodle has over a dozen ghosts, and many of them have names, including the Boss Man, Shadow Man, and George in the Basement. The ghost of a cowboy has also been seen at the bar, as well as a woman who some report may be the prostitute involved in the fatal stabbing back in the 1950s. Named Sarah, she reportedly can be seen upstairs in the building, working the room, as some call it. In fact, during a wedding that took place at the Noodle, the couple's limo driver claimed to have seen Sarah on the balcony. His description of what he saw matched other claims from those who have also seen the female apparition. Today, the Slippery Noodle is known for good drinks, great food, and live entertainment. In fact, it is one of the most well-known blues bars in the US. In addition to its live music and full bar, the noodle's food is also worth noting. I love nachos. I mean, I really love nachos. I'm always on the lookout to find the world's best nachos. And anytime I visit a restaurant or bar, I look on the menu to see if they serve nachos. The Slippery Noodles nachos are definitely up there with some of the best I've tried. In fact, the noodle serves nachos nearly a half dozen ways. My favorite is the nacho grande, served with ground beef, real bacon pieces, and all the trimmings. If having nachos as your meal is not your thing, as it is for some of us, (laughs) I recommend sinking your teeth into the Slippery Noodles Whiskey Pepper Steak Sub. Imagine thin slices of steak drizzled with the bar's own signature whiskey pepper marinade, then topped with grilled onions and your choice of cheese. Order their homemade onion rings on the side and a glass of their This Is It IPA for a truly unforgettable meal. During slower times, staff at The Noodle have been known to give patrons tours of the building upon request. And, at one time, the Slippery Noodle hosted its own official paranormal tours of the building, for all ages, and offered a discount for a meal post-tour. However, I haven't seen any recent tours being advertised since the untimely passing of the bar's head noodle, Hal Yage Jr. But, be sure to follow the Slippery Noodle on Facebook, and check out their website to receive updates and information on any future tours, as well as their always updated live music calendar. When you visit, be sure to raise a glass to Hal Yagi Jr. and the rest of the Yegi family who have taken great care of the Slippery Noodle for nearly 60 years and continue to celebrate its historical and paranormal past. For a one of a kind overnight experience, there is no other place in the area like the Crown Plaza Hotel in downtown Indy. Listed on the National Register of Historic Places, the Crown Plaza is located in Indianapolis' Union Station. It boasts 55,000 square feet of event space, a grand ballroom, and modern amenities such as an on site indoor pool, fitness center, and dining options. Guests can stay in any one of the Crown Plaza's well-appointed guest rooms, but the most unique aspect of the hotel is the 1920s Pullman cars. You heard right, you can stay in an authentic train car located directly on a set of decommissioned tracks inside the hotel. Each private train car suite offers the same amenities as one of the hotel's regular guest rooms, offering a -a one-of-a-kind experience. Each train car suite is named after a famous person from the first half of the 20th century. And, surrounding the outside of the trains, are what people call the hotel's ghost travelers. These white, life-size statues include men in suits, families, and children. Dressed in early 20th century clothing, the statues are frozen in active poses, common to what one would find at a bustling train station. And while the figures alone tend to make some guests feel uncomfortable, it's the stories of actual paranormal activity that have made the Pullman cars a favorite among those looking to have a paranormal encounter of their own. In fact, the entire Crown Plaza is said to be haunted, including spectral sounds regularly heard throughout its grand ballroom. Others have heard and felt phantom trains blazing by the hotel in the night. Actual trains do still operate within close proximity of the hotel, so if you're looking for a quieter stay, you may want to choose one of the hotel's standard guest rooms. I'm all about immersive experiences, so if you're like me, definitely book a stay in any one of the authentic train car suites. You'll get your own train car to sleep in, and who knows, you might get lucky enough to experience the sounds of phantom trains pulling into the station to pick up some actual ghost travelers bound for some mysterious destination. Ghosting Grub is created, written, and hosted by yours truly, Shannon Bailey Grace. For links to locations mentioned in this episode, as well as other deliciously haunted destinations, visit us at ghostandgrub.com. If you own a haunted restaurant, bar, or hotel, or have visited one of the locations mentioned in this episode, send us a note at hello at ghostandgrub.com. Your story could be featured in an upcoming episode. Until next time, stay hungry for all things haunted.